And so I want to minister to you today, uh, not long, but I just want to share a couple of things with you. Um, and I believe as the Lord is moving us closer to our 20th anniversary, which is just a couple of weeks away, he's reminding us of our personal beginnings, not just our church beginnings, but our personal beginnings. How many of you remember when you got saved, when you gave your life to Jesus? What a beautiful time. You know, what a beautiful time of walking with the Lord and trusting the Lord like never before. And I think it's time for the Lord. Um, he's wanting to remind us of that, that first love. Everybody say first love. Because Jesus is coming soon. How many of you believe that? You believe the Lord's coming soon? He really is. Matthew 24, Jesus answered and said to them, he said, take heed that no one deceives you. This is the Lord, the Lord himself. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And let not your heart be troubled. And all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. Famines, disease, earthquakes in various places, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Don't, don't put your heart in this world. This world's not going to love you if you love Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? You, this world is not going to love you if you love the Lord. The Bible says, love not the world neither the things that are in the world. Jesus said, if any man loveth the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake, and then many will be offended. How many of you know we live in a world of offense? Some of you are offended because I said you're going to be offended. We live in a world of offense. This is one of the signs of the last days, is offense. And they will betray one another. They will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound. When it talks about lawlessness here, it's not talking about police. It's talking about lawlessness in the Bible means where you are a law unto yourself. Where you negate the word of God and you come up with your own law of governing you. We live in a world where people now, you decide what gender, you decide what marriage looks like, you decide, you pick. You, this is lawlessness. How many of you know we live in lawlessness? The Bible says when there's no king in Israel, when there's no king in your heart, every man does what's right in his own eyes. This is one of the signs of the last days. Lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. It says that there will be people who once burned, their heart burned with a love for Jesus, that their heart will grow cold. Their heart for his house, their heart for the body of Christ, their heart to pray, their heart to worship, their heart to seek his presence will grow cold. Will grow cold. Can I get an amen on that? 
Don't let this happen to you. This is the Lord. The Lord is speaking. And many people, their heart grows cold because they put their heart in the things of this world. You remember what Satan offered Jesus? He offered Jesus the world. Satan will offer you what he offered Jesus. His offer still stands. He will offer you the world. And the wealth of this world, the kingdoms of this world, because that's all he has. Jesus will never offer you the world. Because what the Lord offers you is eternal. How many of you want things that are eternal? Not things that are temporal. Everything in this world is going to be burned up. He will offer you Babylon. He will offer you the wealth of this world, come Jesus, let me offer you a golden diadem so you never have to wear a crown of thorns. Let me offer you the wealth of this world so you never have to embrace the cross. Jesus does not offer us the world. He offers us the cross. He says, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your and follow me. This is what it means to spend time with Jesus. And you lose your fear of people. Why are we worshiping for 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Because pastor lost his fear of people in prayer. And He's no longer buying into all the church growth manuals and policies and lectures that I've taught, by the way. Hey, family, thank you so much for joining us here on our YouTube channel. I pray that this sermon has blessed and encouraged your life. Most importantly, helped you become more like Jesus. If you want to watch the full sermon, uh, please go to my personal YouTube channel, Jonathan Brozozog. That's B-R-O-Z-O-Z-O-G. Thank you so much. And thank you for your heart to partner with us on this message of truth, which is the message of Jesus. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you real soon. going to be a prophet of Satan in our home. Are you out of your mind? Go redeem that with a godly prophecy. Praise the Lord. Teach your children to speak blessing, not curses. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry is an incomplete sentence. What are you sorry for? And I'm sorry is not always a good band-aid. You'd be shocked at the people that are bleeding to death over things that were spoken to them as a child. The reason they have no self-assurance and no self-confidence is because things were spoken over them that left them hurting and wounded and bleeding. Demonic prophecies at 8 years old and 12 years old of bullying and people told you that you were you're ugly and you were, you were a failure and your 6th grade girlfriend told you you were ugly and never mind the fact that she's gone on and blown up and blown out and looks like a... I can't say everything I'm thinking of, but I'm just trying to say... 
that these are demonic prophecies that can be spoken over your life that you have to redeem with a word from the Lord. Praise God. Everybody lift their hands and say, no flies in my oil. Nothing of this flesh. I will crucify my flesh in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, give God a big praise all over the house. First Corinthians 15, 33, Paul says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good character. I'm not going to let a little compromise. I'm not going to compromise here. I'm not going to negotiate at the table of my adversaries. Because all of a sudden it's going to take on a different flavor and I'm not going to feel the presence of God. He says the reason you're compromising is because you do not know him. He says awake to righteousness. Everybody say awake to righteousness. Know that you are born again completely, brand new, and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. He says those of you that sin, you do it because you don't know the Lord. We have to know the Lord. We have to hate sin. As long as sin is your friend, you're not, you're not going to put it away. You have to hate it. How many of you, I said it the other Sunday, how many of you, as you get older, there are certain things that your body is like, we're done with that. If you eat that again, eat it. Eat it, see what's going to happen. How many people know what I'm talking about? Your body just, it start, your body starts talking to you. You was younger, you could eat it. Young, strong. Eat whatever I want, do what I want. And as you get older, your body, if you I'm going you want me to function this week? <laughs> this is what happens with maturity. You get to know yourself. This is what happens as you mature in your walk with God. You begin to realize, I cannot be around this person. If I'm around this person, it affects my walk with Jesus. If I watch this, if I listen to this, if I do this, this affects my, my walk with the Lord. I don't feel his presence. And so you start to go, can't have that. This is done. I'm not doing that. This isn't important. This is what's important. I'm getting rid of all this over here because you want his presence in your life. I told you last week, I'm going to tell you again, because all y'all don't come to church every Sunday, is... I had two piles of wood outside my house, and Alexander and I were doing a fire last Saturday night, and I threw one piece on, a couple pieces on from one pile, and it, the whole yard filled with smoke. And then we took wood from this other pile and threw it on, and it burned. It burned. And the difference was, he was going, why does this keep smoking? And I said, you know why that wood is smoking? I said, it's smoking because it's wet. I said, it still has the life of where it came from trapped on the inside. And you can't tell until you throw it in the fire. 
And once you throw it in the fire, you can tell that it still has where it came from on the inside of it. I told a young person the other week, they were like, I want God to use me. I said, the problem is you want God to use you rather than more than you want him. And if I throw you in the fire, you'll smoke. You won't burn. You'll smoke. And you will literally cause people to be repelled. People will not want to be around the church or the Lord because it's you. You have you in you. You know, the first ministry I put people over, they go, I want to be a minister. I said, great, you're over the you ministry. We're putting you in charge of you. And if anything goes wrong with you, we're holding you accountable. So let's see if you can get you to church before we, we see if you can get other people to church. Let's see if you can get you to pray. Let's see if you can get you to get rid of you before we ask you to ask other people to get rid of you. And most of them can't manage you. But the wood that's been sitting over here and I threw it in the fire and it burned. You know why it had been burnt? Because it had been waiting two, three years. Jesus waited for 30 years to burn for three and he set this world on fire. When you put wood in the fire that's been waiting and it all of the where it came from is now gotten out of it because it's been waiting. See, people want to be used quick. We live in this instamatic, quick microwave. Get me on YouTube. Let me be famous. I want the money now. Everybody thinks they could handle $10 million. Everybody thinks it. Everybody thinks, I know what to do with money. You don't know what to do with money. You don't know what to do with the money you got. That's why you ain't got none, because you didn't know what to do with it. Wait. Everybody say wait. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Wait. Why are you such a hurry to get married? Being married is wonderful, but being single is wonderful. If you could get close, they can't. Listen to me, single people, because the married people are here with their spouses. They can't say amen. But if they could go back and tell themselves as a single person, enjoy this moment. Alexander was complaining last night, just last night at my table. He said, I got to tell y'all where I'm going. I got to tell you when I'm coming back. I said, you're going to be telling a woman your whole life where you going and when you coming back. You ain't going to outgrow this. If we're all in the living room and I get up to go to the other part out, Joanne said, where are you going? <laughs> to the bathroom. I will text you. I'll call you when I'm there. And I'll text you that I'm coming back down the hallway. Learning to wait. Wait. How many of you want healing? Wait. If you go to the doctor, before you see the doctor, they're going to make you wait. 
thing will make you wait. Wait on the Lord. Don't be in such a hurry to teach. Teachers are held to a higher standard. I tell my kids, they can't wait to be grown. I said, don't be such a hurry to be grown. Being grown ain't as wonderful as you think it is. People in their 20s can't wait to be in their 30s. People in their 30s can't wait to be in their 40s. Once you get in your 40s, you, 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 like, I'm, you try to slow it down now. I ain't 45 yet. I still got another month. Used to be 20 and a half. Hey, family, thank you so much for joining us here on our YouTube channel. I pray that this sermon has blessed and encouraged your life. Most importantly, helped you become more like Jesus. If you want to watch the full sermon, uh, please go to my personal YouTube channel, Jonathan Brozozog. That's B-R-O-Z-O-Z-O-G. Thank you so much. And thank you for your heart to partner with us on this message of truth, which is the message of Jesus. Thank you for being a truth partner. We'll see you real soon. parenting in your 30s and your 40s you're neglecting your walk with Jesus and you're you are selling your birthright for a bowl of soup because you're going to make so much more money later in life but you cannot go back and reparent parenting you can cram for a test you're not going to cram parenting you're not going to get to 13, 14. Oh my gosh, I got to get it in. Hurry up. You can do that with a test. You're not going to do that with parenting. Parenting is seed, time, and harvest. Buy the oil now. Teach your children to pray. Turn the TV off at night. Turn on the worship music. Spend an hour with Jesus. Anointing your children, having communion, reading the word of God over them. Let tears run down their face. This is not something that you can start when they're 17 and 22 and 30. This is something that we have to start as children. Can I get an amen on this? You're going to make so much more money later. 60 to 70. You're just getting started. I'm 44. I'm not even in the best season of my life yet. I remember Pastor Joanne turned, turned 40. She's 42 now. I remember she turned 40, and I read an article said that women uh, have their sexual peak at 40. And I told her, I said, you're turning 40 this year. This is my year. This is a great year. This is a, God is in, this is going to be the best year of our life. Smile. Some of y'all so just, what is it? It's the best stuff I got. God is in to our families and into parenting, and he wants his presence in your home. Praise the Lord. So do not forsake spending time with him. Wait on him. Be okay with it. 
Don't compare yourself to people. Instagram has messed up everybody. Because all you do is compare. When I grew up, I grew up, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one, I don't know, but when I grew up, you go back, anybody else, you go back and you look at pictures of yourself growing up and you say, my God, we was poor. <laughs> anybody else grew up poor? You thought everybody ate mayonnaise sandwiches and tomato sandwiches. You was poor. I said, my God, we was poor. But I didn't, I, when I was little, I didn't know I was poor. I was happy. I was so happy as a kid. Just, you know, go outside. You played outside. Kids can't get kids to go outside now. When you was little, you go outside. Take off your school clothes and put on your play clothes, and your play clothes with school clothes, you had outgrown. And so you go outside. And I was just as thrilled outside to be outside, just as poor as could be and thrilled. Because you didn't know you was poor. It's only now that you got up older and you get on social media and you look back and you say, my God, we was poor. Now that you compare. You look at other kids. Other, there's a problem with so many young people. They're looking at what other people have. And most of it's lies anyway. My first car was a little Mazda station wagon. It was a color of rust. Rust was a color. And the, and, and the carpet was gone, had no carpet in it. And my grandparents had, my granddad gave it to me. And my grandparents had recarpeted their house with this white carpet. And they had some left over. And I cut that white carpet and put that white carpet in this little Mazda. And then I went, me, went took me and myself to Pet Boys and got me some little window tent. And it was purple and had all the bubbles in it. And I had me a little Kenwood cassette player. I was so proud to be up in that thing. Had a little bumper sticker on the back said, I need a miracle. And you couldn't tell me I was so proud to be up in that. Come on, y'all, let's go. Everybody get in here. I was just so proud to be, because I didn't have social media. I wasn't comparing my, I had joy. Do you understand what I'm saying? I had peace. And you're letting the enemy, because of comparison, rob you. You feel like you're late. You can't enjoy being single because you see somebody else got married. You're just comparing. And you, now, now, now you being single, what's a blessing and a gift? It's, it's comparison. And now it's supposed to be the greatest gift of your life. And you, now you just feel like a piece of luggage at the baggage claim that no one will claim. Just going round and round and round. <laughs> my mind, I don't, can't tell you everything that comes in my head when I'm preaching. And it's supposed to be a beautiful season, but because of comparison, you let the enemy rob you. This is the greatest year of your life so far. Love it. Cherish the youth. Cherish the running of the, of the, the kids through the, the house and... and, and Tear up everything. Tear up everything. We got a TV broken. Augustine took a hanger to a, my TV. My TV, the TV. He just took a hanger and started beating the, te the television. And it's not like I, like I broke stuff as a child, but it was like an accident. It was like a, we were throwing something in the house. Oh, it hit that and broke. I never, like, went after the TV. We, we have it on, 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 on the video. We, we have the little cameras in our house. 
And we saw it when we came back. And he hit it like a dozen times and broke it. And then his brother, Winston, is, looks at him and goes, Mommy, Mommy and Daddy can see you on the camera. They can see you. And he goes, what camera? And they see the camera right there. And he walks over to the camera and he looks in the camera and he goes, knock the camera off the shelf. Knock the camera off the shelf. Taking out security cameras at three years old. Got it on video. Knock it off. It's God, you'll never know. This is, this is the season. This is the season. This is the season of his presence. Our church is in a season of the presence of Jesus. And, and, and let me tell you something. I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know what he's doing right now. It's so special. It's so beautiful. Love the season. And there are some things that we can that we're going to do in this season. There's some things that we used to do that we're not bringing with us into this season. Well, we used to do this. Well, we're not doing that now. Andrew came to me the other day. He had such a beautiful little illustration. He said, you know what it's like when you go into a different season? He said, you can't take th things that were really beneficial in one season. When you go into the next season, they're not beneficial anymore. It could be like a lawnmower. You, you can't take a lawnmower with you into winter. It's a totally appropriate for one season, but now you out there in the yard... And the lawnmower and the snow is out there. It's like, what's wrong with you? No different from taking a shovel, snow shovel into summer. It's totally wonderful in one season. It's not, it's not for that season. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just not the right season. And there are some things that we have done as a church that we're no longer doing right now because it's not the season. This is a season of revival that God has birthed in our church. And when I say it's for our church, it's for your home. How many of you want the presence of Jesus in your home? This is the heart of God. So let's leave with this, that this week we will spend time in his presence with our families, that we will value prayer with our children, our spouse, prayer personally with him, and worship more than ever before so that we can have purity of heart and no flies in our oil so that we can be pure. Did you get something out of this today? Can you give Jesus a big praise?